Have you tortured any Koroks yet? I am a good person. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Hello and welcome to Pocket Buds, a back pocket podcast where I talk to my best buds about video games and stuff. My name is Ruby Innes and it's time to talk Zelda, baby! The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom was cast upon the world back in May of this year and has since continued to absolutely kill it when it comes to reviews, sales and general love from audiences around the world. The game sold 10 million copies in its first three days of release and has continued to top the sales charts since then, according to GamesIndustry.biz. It's kind of crazy. Tears of the Kingdom, of course, sees Link and Zelda back at it again. However, many years after the first game, nothing too specific, uh, they're going down and into an ominous cavern and getting their shit rocked. Zelda pieces out, Link dies but not really, and the journey begins to bring peace to the land once more and to maybe also collect a bunch of tree shit for a huge tree guy to shake in his maracas. Both are equally important things to do. If you were online around and weeks after Tears of the Kingdom's launch, it was pretty hard to stay away from all sorts of screenshots and clips of the game. People were chomping at the bit to show off different weapons fusions they'd made, the vast variety of contraptions they procured using Zonite devices, and shit they found laying around and... The outfits. Oh my god, the outfits. Since when was Link in the business of serving like this? Also, how many of those, uh, those, you know, the motorbikes that were fans? God, we saw so many of them. Everybody thought they were so original with that one. And yes, I do have that saved on my auto bills. So yeah, I'm one of them too. So yes, one could argue that the vast majority of Switch owners have been whittling away at Tears of the Kingdom, adventuring throughout Hyrule, 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 to discover the many secrets that lie within. The map is huge, spanning across the sky, the ground and the depths, so there's a lot of freaking ground to cover. But how long does that much ground take to cover? According to the game length website How Long to Beat, the main story of Tears of the Kingdom takes roughly 59 hours to beat. Completing the main story as well as all side quests takes about 106 hours to beat, and a completionist's run takes approximately 221 hours to beat. According to my Nintendo Switch account, I've been playing for 155 hours and I still have a laundry list of shit to do in the game. And I'm not even a completionist, I just get distracted by things like Big Frog in Cave, Funny Man Holding Up Signs, Mushroom Lady for President, and Giant Girthy Horse. This is a game full of distractions and I get very distracted. I'd be a terrible hero in real life. But I'm not the only person that has over 100 hours in Tears of the Kingdom, and I'm not even close to completing it. Joining me today to discuss his experiences with Tears of the Kingdom is my good bud, Gus Ronald. (laughs) Hey, Ruby. Uh, I'm also the inventor of the original hoverbike, True. Oh, yeah? Uh, You did it first? That was me. That was me. Uh, You see, I've heard that from so many people. (laughs) I did it first. And I like to think, I, you know what? I'm a, a woman of honesty. Sure. Um, and I will say I saw someone make it first mm-hmm. and then I copied it. 
How long did it take you once you started copying it to get it right? I didn't realize how intricate the oh, angles the needed angles. to be. I was like, it's just two fans and a and a control uh, stick. And no, it's like it takes one little off-kilter angle and you are flying off to the side, which for me, getting ahead to highlights is like my favorite thing is just messing up builds and that kind of, that montage in your head of just wacky build music as you're like, nope, didn't work, nope, didn't work and keep resetting. So yeah, I've messed that one up many times. I think my auto build design is still like not right it's it's still yeah, no, slightly so off so but like but like i can control it yeah. like 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 it's it's like when you um when you first try uh i was about to say shooting a gun but i don't think that's something that everybody has but, done uh, this won't help life. for you either but it's like your first car has a few quirks <laughs> and again i know you don't drive but it's like have you shot a gun before yeah, i have but like okay. I'm just well, saying, oh, well i mean i was like maybe your car like lists lazily to the left it's like you know always to sort of counter to turn it a little bit to yeah. the right that's what my hover bike does it just always tries to i think it goes to the left uh yeah and so i dress my bike to the left and i just have to always counter to the right but i'm like i'm too I'm too stuck on that that I'm gonna I'm not gonna build a new one and go through that whole Can't process again. So Can't be bothered. Yeah. And also you mentioned a girthy horse. Is that like the the the, the big horse? The big Ganondorf yeah, the big horse? horse? Oh. He's like got a red mane, he's a black yes, horse. Yeah. But there's also another one. Oh, okay. I've only found the one. Okay. okay. So you've only you've only found Ganondorf's horse. Yes. Crazy. Yeah, look, I, I know that I know that, that big girthy horse existed in the first game as well. Yes, and it can't quite be tamed or it can't be it can't be galloped it can only be cantered i believe yes can uh, only be cantered. but yeah I, I would say i've probably done less of the side missions and side quests i than you have uh i've i've put in just uh, just over 100 hours oh okay um, so like i think i might even not be over 100 i'm just shy of it but uh yeah i think you've i've been watching you come in and have these sessions of like i'm so close to the finish uh, and <laughs> i think we're, so i think times. we're close enough to the end of it but i'm i'm hitting that weird point now where i don't know how much I want to race to the finish and how much I want to dawdle. Well, I've got I've got all the hearts I can get okay. and I've got all the stamina. I've got all I the stamina. Get. I haven't got all the hearts and I pushed the stamina early on, but I didn't realize how much like this this there was this ramp up in difficulty in terms of like combat and health and taking hit damage I feel like in tears. Really? Maybe maybe it was just it'd been a while since I played Breath of the Wild, but it feels like taking a hit was killing me really early and I didn't invest in more hearts. I just thought, no, I'll just get better armor and all no, that kind of stuff. Hearts no, hearts is the hearts way to go. If, and yeah. like the thing is everybody's like, oh yeah, but you know, upgrade your armor. And that's true. You should yep. upgrade your armor. Oh, I only but like the one that look, look, looks good. I like, yeah. I dress him to look fashionable. I don't yeah. dress him to be functional. So I want to, I, I want to look freaking sick. I want I it to match as well. Awesome. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I want I, things to complement things going together that aren't supposed to. Yeah. I, I, I completed all the Zonai armor mm -hmm. um, and have tried to like bump that up as much as I can. And it, you know, it's fantastic because uh, using the, wearing all the Zonai armor makes it so um, uh, any Zonai devices you have uh, drain your batteries less. Ooh. So good. Yeah. Okay. So it good. also looks like also looks pretty sick. boss. Like that's it looks it all just looks like bangles and tiles hanging off. Yeah, and like a him. big headdress. Yep, it's yep. so cool. Very Incan kind of vibes. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I think the the zone I kind of feel very Incan. They grew on. I really hated the design at the start. Really, of the zone I like it mm. felt like a forced sort of. Uh, it was just literally a robot serving kind of like tutorial messages, and I was yeah. like, I didn't really get it straight away. And I was like, well, are the zone I the interesting thing, or are the ancient race of 
horse people the thing I should be interested in. And I didn't oh, realize yes. they were sort of one and the same. And yeah. yeah, so for a little bit, I was apprehensive to be like, this is just, this is so foreign to what I'd experienced in Breath of the Wild, which we should probably get to because I'm like yeah, yeah. getting ahead of myself here. Well, so. yeah, I mean, and, and it's funny that you said uh, uh, there's a bit of a difficulty spike mm. because I never finished Breath of the Wild. <gasps> I know. It's fucked no, up. No, like that's totally... Like that's a huge. It was a huge game. It's huge. And uh, weirdly but, enough, but I I didn't even get that far. No, that that's far. Again, like Breath of the Wild was such an experience, and the fact that it did that thing, which was like you could approach the final boss, the calamity, uh, the calamity Ganon. Calamity Ganon. You could yeah. technically, you know, run that boss early on and finish it. Meant that I think saying I put a stamp on that game and saying I finished it was less important because it was more about that experience, was more about rediscovering the adventure and less about saying I've done everything. Whereas I think Tears has now gone, let's let's give you more of checklists, let's give you more missions, stories, side quests and bosses. So I think you're finishing the right one, that you've experienced Breath of the Wild and that's all you yeah. really had to do. Well, that's exactly it. And like I think, like I believe that, uh, Breath of the Wild is as good as a game as everybody says it is. I believe that. Yeah. Um, to the moon and back. Did it hook me? Like it seemed to hook everybody else? No. Okay. Which was which was interesting because like I I can appreciate it for the game that it is. Um, and and the the masterpiece that it is and the best game of all time. Wee wee wah 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 whatever. Um, but uh, my favorite one's Wind Waker. Like I'm I'm a I'm a goofy i'm a goofy girl yep. with a with the happy happily linear storyline you know what i mean and and like even then there's a bit of like kind of quote-unquote open world traversal with you know being on a freaking boat totally um but uh breath of the wild i think i just i just uh i got to a hard part and i kept dying and i got frustrated so i was like i'm gonna put this down it's a hard one to pick back up, I and guess. And I'm going to get to it later. Get, you're going to get lost when you come back. I, I get entirely what you mean. I'm a huge Zelda fan. I've played them all. I've only finished maybe a handful of them because they are gener generally quite you know, extensive in terms of how much you have to do. There's always like a, there's always a third act in Zelda games, which is kind of like you think you're near the end and then they open up this whole thing. Wind Waker is a great example of that. All the, uh, the maps you had to go and find. And often that can sometimes be a point for people they hit and go, no, I'm done with this. Um, but I, I'm also a massive sucker for the linearity of it, for that kind of like really hitting the same beats in a story. I know the, the idea is that the Zelda games feel repetitive and they hit those same beats, but there's something really comforting about that. And I always enjoyed that. And I always thought the spin they put on it, whether it was like, you know, Spirit Tracks or, you know, Skyward Sword and all those games, like they always found something that you could say is just a gimmick, but I always thought they embraced that gimmick so well and they made it the whole style of the game. So the more I'm playing Tears, the more I'm missing some of that real focused and real like, that sort of identity to each Zelda game. This feels like the first one that is a true sequel in the sense that I'm, I'm, I'm retreading so much of the same ground. I'm hearing the same music cues, and I don't know. It's that that that's the one thing I've really come up against in this game that I have found myself not loving. I like it. I just don't love that I'm feeling so much familiarity. Whereas you know, I would say you're you know, uh, Ocarina of Time, having a sequel like Majora's Mask is just such a pivot and such a turn and such a style change that, yes, it was using all the same assets, but it just felt so uniquely fucking different. 
Whereas I, I haven't got that from this in the same way, even though I think a lot of people out there have. So, And it's such a funny thing because I feel like with Zelda, two Zeldas being on the same console, they've always kind of strived to go for th- something, uh, you know, and now for something completely different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, like everyone, everyone's first port of call is to go for Ocarina versus Majora's. But like, look at Wind Waker versus Twilight Princess. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> they Jesus. are two yeah. completely different Zelda games. And you literally had an audience who were up in outrage when they saw Wind Waker. Like they were like, which, we which, wanted like, Twilight. We cheered at, at the Twilight trailer at E3. And then we saw Wind Waker and wrote hate mail. And it was yeah. like, no, Wind Waker is fucking so tight. Wind Waker like, is, is so special. Like, and, and I think... Um, I think people are used to having that those very different experiences when it comes to two Zeldas on the same console. But on the topic of Wind Waker and and um and Twilight Princess uh versus Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, I think it's uh it doesn't make sense to make that comparison. It might make sense for for Ocarina versus Majora's Mask. But um I think I think uh, that's an outlier that shouldn't be counted. No, <laughs> it's just too good. A, it's just too good of a twist on yeah. on what they already had. Um, I kind of liken it um, more to like Wind Waker versus all of the other Toon Link games that they made. Yeah, fair enough. You know, like 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 Phantom Hourglass. Yeah. Like it's still kind of in that Toon Link world, um, but it's ever so slightly different. They've got different things that that like different gameplay aspects that you're doing and and. Uh, for me, Breath of the Wild. What? Because I, I, I did play a fair bit of it. I, got, I think I got, I got up to the. It was the the divine beast. It was the elephant in in the Gerudo area. Yep. Um, and I was versing the the electricity one, the one that you have to beat with the electricity. Um, Gosh, arrows. It's been so long, but uh, yeah, the divine beasts were a bit meh. And if you got stuck on one, I can see you being yeah. I got frustrated and I stopped playing because um, I was fighting inside of an elephant and things weren't going good for me. Um, You've always said you know, that fighting my inner demons, but uh, I yeah, I put it down uh, and 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 really struggled with it. And then um, when I went into Tears of the Kingdom, it was a completely different experience for me um, because I felt like I had an actual leg up and I think what it is is like Breath of the Wild feels like more of like an organic natural Zelda experience while for me if like Tears of the Kingdom feels like a bit more of like a technical experience there's a lot more game slapped on top of what was already there and You're, you're taking into account more uh uh technical advancements yep. that have been brought into the light thanks to uh, the introduction of the Zonai, mm. which I think, which I really like because uh, um, being able to make my own weapons and make my own little doodads was, uh, uh, made me feel better at the game. <laughs> it's weird. I, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you know, the standard is the, the ultra hand, the building, which, you know, blew everyone's mind when they saw it in trailers and, up until the and the fuse, of course. Fu- yeah, fuse is interesting. I I find fuse probably my least favorite of all the really? powers, uh, in particular because it makes everything so fucking ugly. Like it makes oh, all my yeah. weapons hideous. Like I ha- I, I like yeah. the purest form of like uh, a link in a matching outfit with a you know a sword or a club or something. Yeah. And now he's got like a zonai sword with a rock on the end of it. Just it looks ridiculous. And yeah. uh, I think some people lean into that and have been running around in these like 
atrocious outfits with crazy weapons with chests fused to their shields and all this kind of stuff. Whereas, like, yeah, so I fuse, not my favorite. Ultra Hand, technically, like, so remarkable, so well pulled off. Like, it should not work as well as it does. And I found myself building without even thinking now. It's like the, the way you kind of work out how the, those sticky joints work, how the sort of telegraphing of what's going to stick to what, how to separate parts. Like, I think they did a brilliant job of taking a very technical thing, which is basically like 3D rendering, having to move things in a space click them together, balance them, all that kind of stuff, and have made that into a, into a gameplay mechanic, uh, I think is just, it, it's impossible. It's, it's a bit of magic in the game. Um, I would say Ascend is my favorite. Ascend is, yeah. Ascend Ascend is, is, Ascend is like a development tool they put in the game and went, you know what, this, we were using this just to get around the map as like a development tool. Let's give players the ability to do this. I think I saw in an interview that the developers were actually like, we wanted uh, to give them a way to cheat. Yeah. Like, and, and, and they've been climbing too much in Breath of the Wild. Everyone's tired of climbing. Yeah. Like, how do we get around just this? Just get up. Yeah. Just go. And the amount of times that, like, I, I, I went out of my way to, like, get up before realizing, oh my God, I could have just ascended. Why didn't I just use ascend? <laughs> so many times. And now I use it all the time. Have you caught yourself trying Possibly. to use it on the side of a thing? You're like, come Ooh, yeah. on, come on. Oh, let me yeah. get up there. Inching, let me get up there. Inching, inching up there. Like, and you get that little bling green. You're yeah. like, I'm done. And, and I'm out of here. Whoop. So long, suckers. Have you ever ascended? out of a, a cave and found yourself in like that uh uh like toxic mud no oh so you go straight up into the you go straight up into the mud but you, you're given the option to like exit go back down yes. so that the mud doesn't kill you but the amount of times i've just been like working so quickly that like i'll go up into the mud and then i'll come out and then i will just die <laughs> i've i've done the one where i've come up in a bacoblin camp and I, but I love that time freezes when you stick your head up and you're there and there's like a giant, uh, what do they call it? What's the huge guys? The, uh, the Nick, Nick, not horrible. Noxins not or something? Or? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, moblin. Mob, yeah, moblins and all of them sitting there around the fire, like one sleeping. I'm like, oh, sorry, pardon me. Go back down. So I'll take my leaf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even supposed to. <laughs> uh, but you're, you're, you're a builder guy yourself. You build stuff in real life. I do. I do. Have you found that that's given you an advantage? It's weird. I, an advantage? <laughs> Probably not. But I would say uh, I'm, I'm keen to return to it all the time to keep trying to build things. I haven't been building wacky, wild things. I've been trying to build really sensible things in the game. I've been trying to make like clean modes of transport that could be versatile over different terrains. And uh, then I see the stuff people make online on all the social media. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm so out of my realm here. Like I've, I've been trying to make real world cars or, you know, a plane that has a landing gear and stuff like that. So, uh, but I, yeah, look, it's, it's just, I do appreciate that it's there to be like tinkered with. And sometimes when you do have an, a light bulb moment and go, Oh, I've got this Zonar device, these little wheels, I can put them on the end of the, on the, on the flight, bird and I can use that to turn and yeah I, I I found there was a slow there was a slow a gradual build of my interest in the in the building is a really clumsy way of saying it but essentially like when it was given to me at the start I was like there's too many options there's too much to do and I it was only through gameplay and following the narrative of the story that I eventually and it does a good job of showing you builds and showing you options of things that are out there and then finally, I'm at the stage where I'm bumping into the ninjas down in the depths who have their own the vehicles. Clan, yeah. The Yiga clan have their own builds. And I was like, holy shit, this is where like, it always looks farcical that there's like in-game characters driving these like nuts and bolts vehicles around. So like, I finally got enough, I think, of the like blueprints in my head that I'm I'm. Oh, my favorite building. thing to do was uh, anytime, if you didn't get like uh, uh, one of the little Zonai 
robots telling you, um, you know, how to make that certain thing that the the, sure. the Yiga was using. What I would always do is I'd um, take one of their vehicles and just add a tiny thing to it. Oh, okay. Um, and, and whatever I added to it uh, uh, would kind of like make it a whole thing. And then I'd go into auto build where it already existed there. And then I would just save it. <laughs> and say, so this is mine now. Yeah. This mine. is mine. It's a Ruby creation. I made it. <laughs> Put a little yeah, bow like, on it. I think, I think in terms of like what the, the ultra hand and, and all those abilities have brought to the game to imp- like, whether that's improved it from breath of the wild. I personally like, I think just get it out of the way. Like tis the kingdom is incredible. Like everything it's done on a technical level on a just scale sense. And not only like visually and the fact that you can just the draw distance on that switch should not exist. It's insane. It's wild. Um, all of the things are massively commendable, but I've had like a bit of a back and forth relationship with if I'm loving it or finding it kind of a, is it tainting my breath of the wild experience mm. in a way that like, that was just such a pure exploration, such a show don't tell kind of experience. And I get that. I don't want that recreated because that's such a once in a gaming lifetime kind of way to do things. So of course, what do you do? You just add and you add above, you add below, you add more to it. And sometimes I just feel like, I don't know, is less is more. And I, I don't, I can't envisage what that sequel is. Um, but a little part of me has found myself craving some of the, the, the quiet of the silence that the discovery of Breath of the Wild, the discovery just hasn't hit the same notes in this one. And again, that's a, that's a big ask. And what they've given us is so wonderful that I don't want to discredit that, but I just, I can't shake that feeling of like, I don't have the wonder anymore. Maybe I'm just cynical. Maybe I'm old. Maybe Maybe after that many hours. Maybe you are old and cynical. All right. Well, let's not harp on about (laughs) that. You said it. That's true. But I, yeah. And so I find myself, it doesn't take much, but pushing through these little moments of, uh, yeah, of negativity to be Mm. like, no, look, look at this. This is insane. This is wonderful. So... Well, I see it's funny because I think another thing that with Breath of the Wild and like I I know it was intentional and everybody I've talked to have been like, it's intentional. I'm like, I know it's intentional. I get it. I understand. Um, but as something for Breath of the Wild that <laughs> funnily enough, I also experienced playing Sonic Frontiers oh God. <laughs> was I felt lonely. Mm. I felt desperately lonely. And I know that was the point. Yeah. I know that was a big part of the game. I, f- I hated it. I hated feeling alone. Oh, really? it, I loved it, it. It really, it, it, I don't know. It just, it, it made me feel weird. Like, like sure. it made me feel kind of sad. Um, and then as well, and I think this part came from, which once again, I know it's intentional. So don't come at me. Um, but, Something that I think came from my love of of how music is so intrinsic intrinsically linked to the experience of Zelda games and the gameplay of Zelda games is so is so linked with its music and, and that's why I believe that the music of the Zelda games is so uh iconic and so deeply nostalgic. Um I didn't get that in Breath of the Wild. And I think there was, you know, there's no instrument. Like yeah. you don't you don't play anything. Like the Wind Waker you had the, the Wind Waker yep. and, and you had the ocarina in, in Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask. And I think uh, that absence of musicality, um, and I know it was intentional, but that absence of, of, of for me, a classic song, 
other than like the 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 redos of certain classic Zelda songs um in Breath of the Wild it kind of felt it it, it once again made me a bit sad cuz I was groovy groovy I hated the music in Breath of the Wild Thank and I hate you. it in Tears of the Kingdom I hate the minimalistness I hate of it, it. minimalist I, I I hate how scattered and quiet it is I hate that it's replicating kind of the the breeze in the grass yeah. like the thing about Zelda one of the strongest elements of Zelda games in the past has been the music I've gone to you know orchestra the city symphony i've been to symphonies playing the music playing these scores these themes the sweeping grand scores the quirky little tunes that make my heart flutter the like windmill song the gerudo valley song like uh, even just the old snares chiptune stuff like grandma's theme from wind Wind waker Waker, oh Oh. what's the main island called in wind waker Uh, outset island outset island Um, it made you feel like you were at home all of those are always amazing and none of that exists in the same level and I know, as you said, it's done with a purpose, but I kind of really hated it in Breath of the Wild. But it was too, I couldn't say that. Everyone was so swept up in it all. And the fact that it's here, the fucking stable music, I hate it. I hate well, it so much. Hearing, and they didn't change it even in the slightest. Hearing the band play, uh, uh, yeah. what, what, a, a, not opponent's theme. Is, is it opponent's song? Maybe it is, but it's like, like a, a redo. Yeah, it's like the stable music uh, on and, top and of the... Ranch. Yep. Uh, that, that... It made me wistful, yep. but it made me it it gave me a sense of longing for totally, more totally. fucking Zelda music. Well, I mean, we we should talk about the fact that we're talking about Tears of the Kingdom as a whole, even though we haven't finished it. And so, in terms of like uh, highlights and lowlights, for me, that that was one of them: getting the band together and hearing that music and all those little missions. The way that was structured as a side mission, I thought was fantastic. I thought the way it was multi-staged, and yeah, having that music as the reward. Once I could hear one person playing a little instrument, I was like, oh, I have to put this all together and I have to hear this. Because you're right, like the, it's it's missing that. And the fact that then they went back and basically just brought the same music in from Breath of the Wild, I that felt really similar in a in not a nostalgic way, in a painful way for me. I was like, oh, I haven't progressed. The, past the this. music of Breath of the Wild. Um, I wouldn't even I, call it, it music. Well, that's the thing. It 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 got a lot of people, but it just did not get me. Yeah. Um, and uh, cause I like the music of Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, arguably some of the most iconic Mm. video game music ever made, but as well, and I keep going back to Wind Waker. I can't, I can't, I can't stay away. (laughs) The music from Wind Waker for me is on another level of like, uh, like you, I feel like you remember where you are every time you hear a song from Wind Waker, especially with Grandma's theme. Okay. Like, <laughs> like that that one hits so hard for me because, like, I hear Grandma's theme and I very specifically remember going back to Grandma's house on Outset Island after your sister gets taken away. Like, I, I remember it so clearly, and I remember the sadness of your grandma not understanding what's going on. It broke my fucking heart. And I was a kid. I was a kid when I played that game. And I was like, why am I so sad? But the second I hear that song, I am taken back. If I heard a single song from Breath of the Wild or Tis the Kingdom, I would not be able to remember where I, wa- where I was when I, I first like, heard I'm it. Ma- I might be riding a horse through a field. Maybe like I'm riding a horse. That's kind of it. Is there, any, is there any moment from the game that has stood out for you as like, not as memorable as that, but like a little a little moment that made you kind of smile and go like, oh, that's... Because there's lo- I found lots of little ones, but like nothing that's caught me out in the same way that maybe some of those other games had 
had charmed me in the same way. Like, I, there's a lot going on. There's a lot more NPCs in the world. There's, you know, Terrytown's developed. You've got... Um, Love Terrytown. I, I love what they did with that because I really... That was my favourite part Did you of build Breath a house? Yeah, 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 of course. Um, yeah. Oh, wait, hang on. Are you talking about in Breath of the Wild? No, no, in Tears of the Kingdom. No, no, I haven't gotten to that yet. I know you, you haven't can got build... to that yet? No, Uh-oh. because I was busy at uh, the seaside town. It was oh, called... Luralyn. Uh, yeah, I was saving that town and bringing all the lumber across and like I thought those multi-stage things, much like the stable band and all that kind of stuff, I liked those quests that had a few level stages to them because I found them more of an investment than just the one-off fetched quest tasks. Um, the Koroks don't do it for me anymore. I know it's meant to be a kind of like build challenge every time. Yeah, the Koroks make pe- me desperately sad. Um, just, <laughs> just, just Koroks in general make me desperately sad yeah. because... <laughs> oh no, she's going back in Wind Waker. They this is about Tears of the Kingdom, Ruby. I know, but in Wind Waker, because Tears of the Kingdom borrows so much from Wind Waker. Okay, Breath of the Wild borrows so much from Wind I mean, Waker. The Zelda games, they the borrow, fact- they have to. They, it's their own series. Oh, absolutely. But but like the fact that there are both Rito and Zora existing in the same place is confusing because Rito are descended from Zora. Like, like the, the, the Zoras, uh, after the Great Flood in Wind Waker, the Zoras couldn't live in that water, so they evolved to become the Rito, the bird people. Sure. So, like, them existing in the same world is really confusing to me. In my brain, it's like, <laughs> oh, like, monkeys are in the zoo and humans are looking at them on the outside. Yeah. Like, that's what my brain is. But, like, they're both all... Anywho. Anywho. The Koroks have been dumbed down like crazy mm. like Koroks used to be sages yeah Koroks used to be the fucking children of the Kakiri forest now they've all got big backpacks on and they can't stand now up now they're like I can't get up I'm a turtle on my back <laughs> like it's 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 so sad to see how the Koroks have fallen oh look um I, I again I, I I think I'd done my dash with them in Breath of the Wild so I, I get what they were going for and I think it's clever of them to say like let's work out a way to make these uh about not just finding them as picking up rocks because you've definitely got tired of that. Um, and so I've done like a handful of them, but I just don't have the same urge. There's a bit of busy work to Tears of the Kingdom, which is, I don't want to say a turn off. It's like, it's probably what's going to keep me playing it for longer. And that's a good thing, but it does feel like I've been ticking a lot of things off lists. I, I, I mentioned to you the other day, I reached a point early on where I wanted to quickly explore and meet as many people and, and open up the map as quickly as I could. And in doing that, I kicked off a lot of, fetch quests at once and in doing that I kind of saw the code of the game I went oh I went and found the uh first of the tiers in the um the oh, giant yeah uh the sort of uh, the the big things the big yeah. things in the ground the uh the patterns the, the the symbols in the ground and it was like hey there are 12 of these in the world I was like oh cool and then I went and uh upgraded my Sheikah or it's not a Sheikah slate what's it called now the, the um, Pura pad the Pura pad and it's like hey there's like Six more of these you can upgrade. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I went down and they were like, oh, there's pose. You can collect this many pose. And you can, I was like, oh, I could start seeing just like these tasks that had numbers attached to them that were like, you need 50 of these, you need 12 of these. And it felt like busy work versus organically evolving the way Breath of the Wild did. And maybe that was me charging into it and not wandering into it in the same way. But the game literally shoots you into the sky and says, rocket off into every direction, which is exhilarating, don't get me wrong, but it kind of, it made me 
overexplore too quickly. Um, and again, I'm, I'm I'm trying to find fault with a perfect, ge- like yeah. almost a perfect game. So I'm I'm it's, doing it. For, it's nitpicking. It's nitpicking because yeah. it's a good discussion over a game that I still think is you know a ten out of ten and it's yeah. amazing. And it's just like the game at no point got me to slowly adventure out, to push slowly out of my boundaries, to limit my expansion via only being able to use a horse or anything like that, which. I think is so special about a Zelda game. It's like that slow creep out, that adventure forward. It's the, you know, it's the Miyamoto saying it's like it's going out into a field and just wandering forward and exploring and finding a cave and and poking around in there. I found it was just too easy to rush out into the space yeah. again. And and uh, but I think that also I feel like <laughs> get the book. Uh, that also comes with people coming from Breath of the Wild, mm. I think, because it's it's the thing of like everyone who's played Breath of the Wild knows that there was so much to do in that game, uh, and you just kind of happen upon it, and like, but but when you think you're done, there's actually way more to do. Um, but you know, it's all go at your own pace, and I feel like that was still the case with Tears. The, still the case with Tears of the Kingdom. It's very go at your own pace, but uh, one. I feel like with the 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 previous knowledge of Breath of the Wild as a big game and there's a lot to do, people are going straight into let me see everything I can find in Tears of the Kingdom. And that'll probably get overwhelming because two, the thing with making a sequel, you don't want to add not enough shit. So you might as well add way more shit Rather than not enough. They pretty much had a, a fork in the road. They're like, we can't go more minimalist. Yeah, exactly. And lighter touch. We have to go the other direction. Which is literally this. sandwich the world in the way they did with Sky Islands and the depths. Which I also want to touch on because it's like, that that was... The, the way they kept the depths a secret almost up until release was incredible. And then the way it's revealed to you is where I felt some of that rediscovery and some of that... Uh, cautious exploration and they literally had to go we're going to turn the lights out on you and we're just going to make it impossible for you to navigate here without you know bringing a whole bunch of uh, you know those the uh, bright bloom seeds the bright bloom seeds and, and lights on your Zono devices and I think that is for me the highlight of the whole game and it does carry with it this vibe of kind of like everyone was saying early on it has a souls like vibe to it like in terms of exploring that sort of uh, really encroaching terrifying area but for me, the sad thing was that I didn't find the Sky Islands as intriguing. I thought that was the big selling point. And I just never found myself yeah. being drawn up there in the same way, even through the story and through general exploration. It just seemed more intriguing for me to go down into the depths and hunt around down there. I don't know. Were you the same? Did you? I think, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I think there's still heaps of the Sky Islands I still haven't fully expo- explored because I've got like a, a, a what, Sage's Will? at one point, like an orb that was like, you got to get like four of these to, to level up your sage for the vast majority of the game. I've had a solid three. Yeah. Okay. And I haven't gotten any more than that. And I'm like, where do I find the rest of these? And I'm pretty sure it's like literally just the sky islands. Um, so there's way more for me to explore that I just haven't yet. Um, and I feel like it's funny to me, uh, the the Sky Islands very much are giving Skyward Sword and the Depths are giving Twilight Princess. And that's like the main uh, comparison I can make. But then as well, the Depths feel like what I expected Tears of the Kingdom to be. I was expecting them to go full Majora's Mask 
and be like, it's another spooky Zelda game sequel. Um, and then they decided to do a, bit, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. They're like, yeah, what if we had spooky mode? But then what if we had, ooh, heaven mode? And I guess nitpicking would seem really... <laughs> like it would not seem fair to nitpick now being like they gave us too much they tried to do a bit of everything and it, it's like as i said i've found my i've found my comfort in the depths which sounds strange and some people will probably really love just like exploring as much of the sky islands as possible so you can't not commend them for the fact that they've gone let's just put everything in this where do you go from here yeah. i have no clue it's so funny because the vast majority of like uh hard enemies uh on, on in hyrule that I beat were in the depths before, before I, I beat a, a Hinox in, uh, you know, just in the land, I beat a Hinox in the depths, which is crazy. Cause they're supposed to be harder. Yeah. But like, for, uh, uh, it was almost like being thrown into the deep end was, uh, an absolute godsend because the second I beat one of them in the depths, every time I saw one up, up top, I was like, coming for you dead. <laughs> you are dead to me. Uh, I still, I still can't, the, the, is it the Lionels? Yep. They still, uh, elude me. <laughs> well, yeah, the way they still give you that stare from a distance with yeah. the little exclamation mark. so fucking strong. Well, the fact that there's Lionels down in the depths as well. Oh. Yeah, haven't got to that yet. Well, th- which is, brings up the question, like, how much have you got to go both in the story, but also how much have you got left in the tank? Because, again, you're over a hundred and... Yeah, 150 hours. Yeah. Possibly more, because um, I wrote that what like a week ago. Yeah. So maybe maybe I got a little more, you know. But uh, I've probably got a little bit more to go. But like, I kind of want to finish it. I I, <laughs> I love this game. Yeah. I want to be done with it. Yeah, it's, I, it's getting to that stage. I'm ready to finish it. Um, I think because I also want to play Pikmin Four, and I also want to play. <laughs> Puppy Island, you know? Yeah, it's weird. I, I, I say to myself, I want to keep this on the slow burn. Like, I want to be playing other games and I want to be coming back to it to just do little side missions and stuff. But I know the second I see the end credits, inverted commas, like, I always have this problem where I find it hard to return to games to do the rest of the stuff. That said, Breath of the Wild, I did finish the... I beat Calamity and then I went and built Terrytown and I did a couple of the big side missions and I enjoyed that. I, I've just gotten to the point where I've unlocked the last sage i think is the best way i can put it without being too spoilery uh and i found that who's your favorite sage uh the rito one what's his name Um, oh tulum tulum yeah uh basically because his power is so fucking useful that gust that you use to get around i would say um he's the most useful uh i've forgotten all their names but um the gerudo one with the electricity spark is amazing she's cool and i would say the zora who everyone loves sit uh yeah, Prince um, Sidon. Prince Sidon, that everyone, you know, absolutely crushes on hard. He's great, but his power is useless. Yeah. Um, it's so funny, everyone dunks on the the, the Goron boy. Cause, oh, he's yeah, cool. He's a, little, he's a little annoying as a character, but using his power to fucking blast through caves. So much more useful after you've been using a rock hammer or something like that. Do you find uh, – uh, that is something I want to touch on, actually, is the um, – 
is the way that I think there's been some mechanics that have been clunkily bolted onto this game. When I say clunkily, I mean for a Zelda game. Like they have such a history of nailing everything. Like you there's can do never so many things in this game. You can do so many things, but to do that, you need so many prompts. You need so many inputs. And I think they've handled the uh, you know ultra hands, your ascends, all that with a radial menu on a shoulder button. That's as graceful as you're going to do it. The controls once you've got something to move in ultra hand. I think as I said before is actually handled really well for what it has to be on a technical level. But I do find things like the sages and their abilities being these things that you need to summon and then they hang around with you. Yeah. I found that really charming at the start and now I have a fucking entourage running around with me and they get in the way every time I have a fight and I want to activate them and they run away from me. Yeah. I, I think that's it gets probably... a little annoying. That's the, there's a little misstep there. Now every time I'm on a, 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 a mode of transport, the Goron boy jumps in front and does yeah. his spin with and his reticule. And sometimes you can't see. And he gets in the way. And then I was going to say as well that the final sage that I've unlocked and that I'm using as well feels like something out of another game that's been handled less less gracefully than Zelda games in terms of the amount of button prompts, the amount of things I can do with it. I kind of like, I like the simplicity of a Zelda game and I love the simplicity of Breath of the Wild. So this feels a little bit like let's put everything and the kitchen sink in this Without game. Without giving too much away on that last stage you're talking about. You know what? We've come this Spoiler far. Point? It's a Zelda po- podcast. Like, it's a Zelda podcast. It's been out long enough, like, people. If you haven't finished it at this point, yeah. like, what are you listening ahead. to this for? Yeah, come from on, this Brad. point, spoilers. Spoilers. And, Wait, and this is me also realising you're probably going to spoil things for me. So no, I'm but like, I, won't, I won't. I okay. will say, with that last sage, at first I was like, I'm going to use this all the time. Mainly just use it to go across uh, uh, sludge. Yep. Um, and we're talking about, uh, this is the mech that you can climb on as, I've forgotten her name, uh, um, but she's one of the yeah, she, horse people, she's one of the, sages. I've forgotten one of the She's a Zonai. Um, but uh, I've found that the best thing you can t- do with her is uh, uh, armor. Armor with the best shit that you've got. Yep. And leave her be. Oh, and let her run around. Let her do her shit. So wait, when you say armor, you mean fuse things onto her yeah. hands? Fuse fuse shit onto her hands, onto her back. Uh, and like let best her go. best things to put on, like like a in- laser, laser yep. and a cannon, yeah, laser right. and a cannon. Zzz. And just let her run around. I mean, I, I appreciate that they the uh, they fight for you yeah. as NPCs, which is kind of cool. It makes something the loneliness of the original game. Well, it's that's like, takes, what I was gonna say. Takes away from that. Yeah, I. That's something I really like about Tears of the Kingdom is having those sages around make it feel less lonely because Link's got mates. Yep. Link has friends. Link has friends in Breath of the Wild and and they still just kind of don't fuck with you. Like yeah. like in Breath of the Wild, it's like, oh yeah, I'll be there when you need me. Every, but there I'm going to peace thing, out for now. There is a thing in Zelda games where it's like there was very little NPC interaction outside of like, you know, it would go into a cutscene or you'd see a character walk from a shop into a house. And like I'm talking Ocarina days, even to Wind Waker. Whereas for this game to have roaming patrols of... Uh, Hyrulean warriors who you meet and you see not just standing waiting for you to arrive, but they're they're roaming and they're like, oh hey, come and join us in a battle, and they go into it. That's the first time that like Hyrule has felt lived in yeah. uh, organically. Like yes, there's always been you know uh, other games have put more towns around, and I, I think Majora's Mask was probably the last time that I actually saw characters getting around on their own kind of like day night cycle. The worlds are the, the thing is with those old Zelda worlds is they're smaller. They're smaller. And Majora's Mask had a three-day calendar that everyone worked to, like clockwork. Whereas here it does feel like there are characters 
doing things doing and getting around with their own day, which it I love. rains, people run inside. That, I mean, you know? that's, I think that was probably in Breath of the Wild, but yeah. again, there, still. Was, there were so many details in that game that have transferred to this one, which I think it's still lovely to either rediscover or discover for the first time. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think there's maybe, there's, there's a, there's a, everything has been crammed into this one. And I can see that that helps things like the loneliness or that helps things like adding more to do and more side quests. There's a little part of me that feels sad every time that I just want to be left alone. And I I just (laughs) want to enjoy being out there. And I mean, there's so much space. What am I complaining about? Like, and it's such a good game. I think it's just the thing as well of like Breath of the Wild um, was the first Zelda game I played with no companion. Right. I love a companion. And I know people were like, oh, Navi's so annoying. I love a companion. I love a com- I love Midna, sure. and and I loved the king the 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 king of red lions. Yep. Um, and I love I love having having a little buddy. Like it it it's part of know. the formula as well. It and is. I think you can you can change that you can bend the formula, but I'd say severing parts of it off does make it feel less of a Zelda game and more of this new wave of what this series is. And that's a great thing. And that's fine. Like, it's a really good series. And it's it's changed and it's probably about time that it does. I wonder now, like... Change be, is good. It changes great. I just, yeah. We're still allowed to miss the things that we Absolutely. miss, I think. Because I feel like Zelda, Zelda music yep. and Zelda companions were yep. so iconic, you know? And, and it's, it, of course, change is fine. It's okay for things to change. Uh, but... Yeah, it, it it's still definitely just like this this doesn't feel like uh uh the Zeldas that I grew up with. Yeah. <laughs> this ain't your papa's Zelda. Well this you is know? the thing, like this we're we're doing we're talking about it on this podcast because we wanna sort of talk about the experiences we've had with it. And I think if we gushed about it, it would just be what everyone's talking about right now. And like you know everything that's good in this game we love and we've appreciated. So, and I, I love to nitpick because it's only, I nitpick things I love. Uh, if I didn't like it, I wouldn't bother talking about it. Uh, and so in that sense, I feel like we've really drilled hard on like, are we like, are we enjoying this game? I'm like, it. I absolutely love I this love game. It. <laughs> I, 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 I love it. I love the lead up. I love the mystery. I love the- I love giving ex- my horses funny names. I, but But then I also love now playing it and turning around and saying, you know what, I'd change. And it's like, you know what, I'd make it so my horse could hear me everywhere I whistle. Uh, I would make it that Zelda was a playable character, that you could go back in time. There's so so much stuff that we could theorycraft out about how we would enjoy this. And hopefully, you know, there's more games down the the track that we get to experience. They're making a Princess Peach game. I think they can make a Zelda game. I really thought we were going to actually get to play as her for a little bit. I got excited at one point. It felt like a thing of like, uh, uh, play don't show. Yeah. Because we were talking about before, show don't tell. Yeah. Play don't show. And like, especially we talked about it on our main show, but like in terms of show don't tell and not tell Zelda at the start telling you everything, just please. Yeah. Like, like I, I, sw- I switched over to the um, Japanese uh, Japanese voice acting. Oh yeah. Um, after I heard a podcast recommend it and it's fantastic because every time there's very few dialogue heavy cutscenes, but when you do with the Japanese uh, voice acting and the English subtitles, I would highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, overall, I loved it. Yeah. I, I, I'm still loving it. And, and I think I'll continue to love it. Like I, I love, uh, I love everything that you're able to do in this game. Like, I think it's so like on a, on a developmental level, it's incredible. It is an incre. it is a polished, well-made game. And unfortunately that's rare. Yeah. <laughs> that that yeah. is rare. Like I, 
didn't fall into a single bug. And But I, I also come from a standpoint of like understanding that games are harder to make now than they ever have been. Mm. And so for like running into bugs, that's just life, yeah. you know, and, and I totally understand it. Um, sometimes it seems a little <laughs> like, come on, but I, the Tears of the Kingdom, there wasn't an inch of that. I didn't experience any issues with this game. Uh, like, yeah, I, all I can do is nitpick. I feel and, like as and well it's nitpicking that comes from nostalgia. Yeah. You know? And I'm also every comparison we've drawn or I've drawn at least has been to Breath of the Wild, saying it should have done more of what Breath of the Wild did. These are the same developers, or like at yeah. least the same team. So I can't criticize them because they're only expanding on something they've made that I adore, and they've made something else that I really, really like. And it's basically like it's not fair to then yeah. nitpick over that because as I said, that core product was so good that core experience was there i still have that memory i shouldn't be holding them up next to each other as much as we yeah. probably have over this podcast but at the same time it's I, hard not to compare older games exactly these are the closest ones that i've ever played that feel so similar in in their worlds and i also think it's so funny for people to be like oh they should have done more of this from breath of the wild no they're fucking they're, no, they're, it, it already takes so much from breath of the wild because it is a sequel it's good that it's doing things different because yeah. even even if it's not going to be everybody's favorite thing it's good to try different things when you're making a game totally. and that's exactly what tears of the kingdom did and i think as well there's this weird thing when it comes to criticism um and and critiquing and stuff where people can't uh people hear criticism and then they think that that equals um oh this person doesn't like the game um i love so many quote unquote six out of ten games mm. uh tis of the kingdom is a 10 out of 10 but you can still talk about the things that you don't like about it yeah um, because it's not a, a, an overall, like, I hate this game because of blank. It's, I love this game so much. I wish, I wish I had a bit of this. Yeah. I wish I had a bit of that. I fucking love Tears of the Kingdom, <laughs> but boy, do I wish the music was more memorable. I mean, that's it. If that's the <laughs> like, one takeaway from this discussion, it's just that we were like, we're simps for the music of yeah. old Zelda and we just wish that was the only, if they could mod that in, if they could patch yeah. that in, then I'm like, I've then I'd take all the other things I've said uh, and be like, nah, I'd let that wash away because I'd be able to hear the the windmill theme for Kukuru Village yeah. in, in, yeah, it's, in this it's, game. It's so, like, it's it's so nitpicky. So, yeah, I've got maybe a couple more, uh, like maybe 10 more hours, I mm. think, to finish the and main campaign. Done. And then I'm going to see how I feel and then I'll let you know if I'm going to come back and do more side quests, if I'm going to keep it on the slow burn or if I'm just going to put it to bed and say, like, that was my Tears of the Kingdom experience, which overall, absolutely amazing. Yeah. Ridiculously good. Well, that's all the time we've got for today. But a big thank you to my buddy Gus for joining me to chat about Zelda. You're very welcome. And a big thank you to you for listening. If you're liking what you're hearing, why not give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast platform you're using? Better yet, why not give us a nice little review? I love to see what people think. Unless it's mean, then I hate to see it. And hey, if you're really liking what you're hearing and you'd like to hear more, consider supporting Back Pocket over on Patreon, where you can get access to our lovely Discord full of all sorts of buds. And if you support us at a certain tier, you can even get access to more audio content like this. You can also find us on Twitch, where we've got our main live show every Thursday from 7pm AEST, and on TikTok, where we are constantly posting very good stuff for you to cast your big, beautiful eyes on. 
And then there's socials, all at Twitter and threads and whatever, which you're also welcome to get around. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in. And as the Geruda would say, bye. Bye.